What's up, witches? Welcome back to another staff meeting at the Corporate Coven. Let's run through today's agenda. We'll start with a check-in question that helps us reflect and integrate the medicine of current astrology. I'll then share an overview of this week's major astrological transits and planetary alignments so you can mark your calendars. We'll then move into phase management, where we forecast the energetic shifts of the week ahead using the lunar phases and the journey of the moon through the zodiac wheel. And then finally, I'll walk you through a day-by-day deep dive of the astrology weather for the week ahead. And this is great if you are more technical or aspiring to be more technical when learning to interpret the cosmic messages of these celestial giants. Thank you for joining me. Let's get into it. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another staff meeting at the Corporate Coven, a podcast where I bring you spirituality, occult, ritual, astrology, divination, and advice for navigating the modern workplace. And I have a ton of episodes that you can listen to. My most recent episode featured Lex Ritchie, and we were talking all things ancestry. So make sure that you go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. In these episodes, you heard it in the intro, we talk about the astrology For the week ahead, we look at the lunar phases that we'll be moving through, and we focus primarily on the moon's journey throughout the zodiac wheel. Let's start with a check-in question. I'm recording this Sunday morning. Um, If you are connected with me on Instagram, then you saw that on Saturday, I had a wedding, which means I had family in town, which means I had competing priorities. And so I'm recording the podcast a little bit later. We'll get it published today so you all can hear it. But something that I overheard a ton of people talking about last week in different environments. I heard this from my coworkers in the workplace. I heard this from neighbors. I overheard wedding guests kind of talking about this. Last week, I overheard so many different people say something about how time doesn't seem to be going at a normal pace right now. Somebody from Instagram actually reached out and said the same thing in my DMs. It just feels like the past week was such a strange experience of time. It was like the workday was already over or else it was only like 10 a.m. There was just this weird experience of like, oh my gosh, like what time even is it? Like, how could it already be this time? And could it be, and likely it was, because Saturn, also known as the timekeeper, was stationing direct. And this is a lot of what that can feel like. And Saturn can apply a lot of pressure on a situation. So it could also have felt like a time crunch. And that's definitely how it felt for me. I'm just trying to prioritize and fit in all of the most important things. That's something that I talked a lot about on last episode, the idea of that which is most important, that which is most critical. And this week, is a little bit more of the same. I'm really excited to share the astrology of this week with you. But before we dive into that, let me touch on a little bit of something that is like housekeeping. So I talked about this in last week's episode. I've been giving you invitations on my Instagram stories as well to share a personal or professional goal or project that you're working on. When you share this with me, 
And I'll put it up in my stories again this week. If you want to share something again, if you want to share something new, or if you have yet to share and you want to, go ahead and let me know in those prompts. You can leave it on this episode as well or on last week's staff meeting episode. Let me know what you're working on because when you do, what we're going to do with that information is next week during the new moon in Scorpio, I'm going to send out a newsletter as I always do. So make sure that you're signed up on my newsletter. You can do that on my website, thatwitchfromwork.com. I'm going to send out a new moon in Scorpio newsletter and I'm going to send instructions for how as a coven, we can perform ritual to align our intentions for collective success in bringing about creativity, prosperity, abundance, innovation, whatever it is that you're working towards right now. If you want a little bit of support from the corporate coven, this is your invitation. Go ahead and send me your professional or personal goals or projects, and then be prepared and keep an eye on your inbox next week because I'll be sending out instructions on how to collectively manifest these intentions together. I'm super excited. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a while, and I feel like we have a really good, solid head count in the group. Um, I've figured out a little bit more of like my flow and like what I want this to look like. And I'm really, really excited for our first collective group ritual. Um, there will be a lot more of those in the future. So if you're here for the actual magic of the corporate coven, 2024 is going to be really exciting. All right, let's talk about the major transits team, the major transits this week. And we are looking at the week of, yeah, like second week of November, November 5th through November 11th. So the first part of the week uh, doesn't hold any major transits or planetary alignments. That's not to say it's going to be quiet or uneventful. It's just saying that there's no major planetary ingresses or conjunctions or oppositions. That changes when we get to Wednesday and we see Venus moving into the sign of Libra. On November 10th, Mercury will enter Sagittarius. And so already this is going to bring about a big vibe shift at the end of the week because we see two planets, personal planets, mind you, we see two personal planets moving into new signs. And this is kind of like stepping into a new consciousness. It's stepping into a new iteration or version or expression. It's like in a movie when a character has, you know, a glow up and it's not necessarily because it's getting better. So, you know, mind the word glow up, but it's more like a redirection, a change of expression, right? That's not the rest of it though. Let's talk briefly because we'll spend some time talking about this in the forecast on Veterans Day on November 11th, we see a major planetary alignment that's worth taking note of. Mars will be opposite Uranus in the chart. And this is something that's kind of building up throughout the week. Mars is sitting in the sign of Scorpio in like, you know, the end of the middle decan. And if you're not familiar with that terminology, then in a whole sign house system, which is what I use, if you take the 360 degrees of the zodiac wheel, divide it by 12 zodiac signs, then you'll see that each zodiac sign gets its own 30 degrees in the chart. And then you can take these 30 degrees and divide it by three and you have now 10 degrees separating that part. So degrees zero through well, like nine is the first decan. 
and then so on throughout the wheel. And there's a lot of other reasons like in um, technical skills and interpreting the chart and, and nuance in the interpretation that you can use once you start, I guess, like separating the chart in that way or organizing the zodiac signs in this way. Um, so that's why I'm kind of like prepping you for this language is this is like a really important step to move into as you're deepening your astrology practice. And I know that's why a lot of people listen to this podcast. Um, so we see Mars and Uranus hanging out at like the 20, 21, and eventually on Saturday, they'll each be at 21 degrees. So this is a really important day to pay attention to. This is going to be a really tense aspect, but again, it's going to be building up and just getting more acute or more, I, I, I don't want to use the word intense again, but that's really the best word to use. Um, it reaches a peak or a focal point on Saturday, but just know that that's kind of background noise happening behind the scenes. I think for me though, honestly, like the major transit or planetary alignment, you could say that I feel a lot of personal excitement for was actually what happened on Saturday, just this like past Saturday. Um, and that is Saturn stationing direct. I know I talked about it in last week's episode because it was part of last week's planetary alignments. But the other thing to keep in mind before we go into the day by day forecast or into the lunar phase, um, phase management part of the episode is just that now this week we have Saturn direct and it's still really, really slow moving. Okay. But at least it's stationed forward. For me, I have been suffering a little bit with Saturn in Pisces um, retrograde. And there's been a specific part of my chart. And if you're an Aquarius rising like me, or if you understand like how we set up the chart based on rising sign, then you know which part of my chart I'm talking about. There's been a lot of frustration for me there. It's kind of felt like I just can't seem to like grasp it or conceptualize it or be consistent with my goals around it. And it's been really frustrating. And so I'm really, really excited. And I just want to name this because you're going to be feeling this as well this week. Saturn is now stationed direct. And so it's not like everything now makes sense and everything has become clear. And now you have a really good handle on it, but at least we can see the path forward. And as Saturn starts building momentum and moving forward at like a, a you know, a speedier pace. Saturn's not a fast moving planet by any means, but with a retrograde, we experience this kind of like if you're jumping on a trampoline, there's a moment where you kind of have like hang time in the air and it's like everything kind of ceases and you can't tell if you're rising up or if you've yet to fall down. You're just kind of like hanging air, I think is what like the cool kids call it or something like that. That's kind of what Saturn's doing right now. It's just kind of like that pause and it's no longer moving backwards, but it's also not necessarily moving forward yet. And so you're kind of in this like liminal space, if you will, but we'll start gaining momentum this week with it. So if you want to know more about Saturn and Pisces, I can't recommend it enough. It's one of my like most beloved episodes. I spent a ton of time like scripting it, researching it, preparing the content for it. It was like a celebration for my 100th episode of the podcast. So if you haven't, or if you haven't in a while, go back and listen to the Saturn and Pisces, No Dead Mermaids podcast episode, where I talk about the Saturn and Pisces transit, especially if you are anyone who's currently in your Saturn return, meaning that when you were born, you saw Saturn in the sign of Pisces. Okay. I also have a Saturn return series on the podcast where you can hear from other witches at work, including Lex, who was my guest episode last week. Um, they are 
which is at work, witchy entrepreneurs, they discuss their experience through the Saturn return transits and highlight how it influenced their career experience. So you can find all of my organized episodes in the highlights of my corporate coven podcast, Instagram page. So go check it out. Go, go find it. Okay. Let's move into phase management. We are in the fixed to fixed consciousness. We see Sunday morning, the moon in a fixed sign. And then Saturday night, we also see the moon in a fixed sign. So this is again, keywords for fixed signs. I would say stabilize, commit, sustain, integrate. How do we keep this going forward? maintenance or maintain is another really good one. And this week we see the moon starting in the fiery fixed sign of Leo. The moon will move through Virgo into Libra and then into Scorpio. And as always, if you want to get an idea of where is the moon moving in your personal chart, you just want to find where you have Leo, Virgo, Libra, and Scorpio in your birth chart. I do later on in the episode identify one of the weekly transits and I discuss it specifically for four of the rising signs and we voted on that in my Instagram stories yesterday. So if you want your rising sign featured, make sure that you're connected with me on Instagram and that you're watching my stories so you can vote to have your rising sign featured in these forecasts. Let's talk about the lunar phases. We're going to wake up this week. So I, I woke up today. We woke up to a third quarter moon, which is about the reorientation and the adjustment. And we end the week in the balsamic and the dark moon phase. Even though the moon enters Scorpio, which is where the new moon will be, we don't get the exactness of the new moon until Monday next week. But this week is about getting darker, which is very fitting. It's very visceral. Like we can observe this now with daylight savings time. The days are now getting shorter. Sunset's going to be at 5 PM now. Um, and so there is this collective introspection. It's less about being like the big campaign and the rebranding and more about like the behind the scenes administration that has to occur. So a launch can go smoothly. And I'm thinking like, you know, it's easy to bring the experiences of the lunar phase into a gardening context. And one of the astrologers that I listened to for years and years and years and years and years, and I've taken courses from her, Kelly Surtees is who I've learned a ton about the moon and the lunar phases. I listened to her on the astrology podcast doing the uh, monthly astrology forecast with Chris Brennan and Austin Kopic for years. Um, you know, before I actually started writing horoscopes for my own and even becoming a professional astrologer. And so her work has deeply influenced the way that I interpret the astrology. And I love that Kelly always brings in a gardening perspective. And so it's really easy for me to make that correlation. And when I think about the third quarter moon into the balsamic moon phase, especially at this time of year, then what that might look like is, you know, earlier in the year when I talked about this, it was like, oh, you know, my tomato plants are growing and as they're getting bigger, I have to keep moving the branches and I have to like take off like the, d the dummy ones, the ones that won't produce any fruit. But then I have to move all the other branches because now they're getting heavier and I need to make sure that they're supported and I need to be, you know, harvesting the fruit and all these other things. That was kind of like the reorientation and the adjustment that comes of like, now that this is here, I have to make this look different. Well, in the winter, as we're going into, what that looks like is actually taking down the plants. I had to like, 
prune and put everything away to get ready to move into the darkness, right? That's what the reorientation looks like now. I'm not in the phase of my garden where, you know, everything is like ripe and luscious and, or, and I'm also not in the planning stages of what I want it to look like next year and how I need to start preparing it for next year. What I'm in is like the just take down, take down. I need to process the tomatoes that I have left. I don't do that. Actually, my, my husband does my Leo rising partner that has the Taurus midheaven. If you are also a Leo rising with the Taurus midheaven, then you likely also like food preparation or something along those lines. He made this really delicious uh, tomato jam out of some of the sun sugar tomatoes that we had just like an abundance of this year. And it is so sweet and it's so freaking good. So that's a little bit more of what this like third quarter moon into the balsamic. It's about the reorientation and adjustment needed to go into the dark space, which is again, that collective introspection, which means that in the work environment, you could find that you're doing a ton of stuff kind of behind the scenes. There could be a priority on making sure that the systems and the policies and the procedures are in place before going out and campaigning, before going out and like setting a new intention, like around, you know, this is the team or this is the company or this is the product or, you know, this is the thing that we're going to go out and do. It's a lot more about, okay, what are we doing behind it? And actually, you know, an, a really obvious thing that's happening in my business to bring this to life for you as well is the collective ritual that we'll be doing this week. It's a lot about like, okay, I need to make sure that I have my email, um, you know, from Flowdesk ready to go. I need to make sure that I have the instructions. I need to collect all the data from Instagram and the podcast and my DMs and the emails and other places that people are sending them to me. And I need to organize it into one cohesive like graphic. So what are the tools that I have to use and, and what are the steps that I have to do behind this? to get it ready. I've identified what we want to do, but this is a lot more about like, okay, I need, I need to go in and get this done. Right. That could be what it's feeling like at work. And if it's not at work, again, you have a lot of houses in your chart. There's a lot of environments that you work in. So maybe this is something to do with your family or your home life. Maybe this has something to do with your friends. Maybe this is something that your friends and your coworkers are doing and you're merely the observer of their experience. You know, this could be happening more prominently in relationship houses for people. So it really just kind of depends. This is the beautiful nuance that astrology gives us. And skeptics will see this nuance and say, this is why it's not legitimate. You can't like fit it under the scientific method. But those of us that are willing to exist outside of rigid and controlled and linear frameworks who can see the expansiveness and the possibility and the beauty in bringing in more holistic and non-linear um, and storytelling, mythology, psychology, like all these like, you know, quote unquote pseudosciences, there's still so much richness there. And that's the beauty of the nuance and how it can be generally and universally applied, but also be such an intimate experience. And if anyone's had an astrology reading, then you know what I mean by intimate, this complete stranger speaking truths to you about your life and, and your perceptions of the world and your pain. I mean, that's a very, it is a very intimate space to be in. Okay. Okay. We're 20 minutes in. Let's move into the weekly forecast. Again, we are going to talk about the astro weather day by day for the week of November 5th to November 11th.
And I'm not going to spend time talking about the possible numerology. I am not a numerologist, but two numerologists that I really love following and I would recommend that you follow. I will link their Instagram handles here in the show notes. One of them is Jasmine from Satin Saturn. Love Jasmine. She is one of like my favorite people to follow on TikTok and on Instagram. And then the other one is Brandy from, oh, what is it? Social? I'll have to look. I think that they changed their handle recently, but I actually had a numerology reading with Brandy and um, it was fantastic. So may, I'll just look in the show notes. I'll go look at their Instagrams and I'll make sure that I have the right handles there. But if you want to know more about the numerology of the weeks, then I would recommend those resources. They're fantastic because I know that we have that 11-11 date. I'm not going to talk about it. I don't really know what it means, but I'll make sure to connect you with people who I trust do know what it means and we'll share that information with you. Side note, and this is like one of my intrusive thoughts that I'm just going to say out loud because I'm, I'm having it. Does my voice sound permanently different when I record these episodes? I feel like there's a leftover scratch from when I lost my voice. I need to go back and listen to like some previous episodes and then last week and this week's because even though my voice is like fully recovered and it's been a while since I lost my voice and I could barely record, I feel like it's so much deeper now. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it's just me, but if you, if you do notice something, then feel free to let me know because it, it might all be in my head. Sunday. We're here on Sunday. Sunday starts with an expressive Leo moon forming a trine to Chiron and squaring Mars. When I wrote this initially, when I scripted it out, I wrote, this hurts. It probably burns or it stings. It's like waking up in the morning after a wild night out and feeling upset and sick the next morning. What's funny, and I, I wanted to note that like I wrote that prior to experiencing Saturday night because Saturday I was at a wedding and my siblings were there and a ton of my cousins were there and it was so awesome and it was so fun. And I am a dancer and I was dancing my heart out. I got you know, some Moscato making me feel especially theatrical and performative. And um, it was so much fun, but my feet are freaking killing me, guys. I wore my heels all night. Tons of other people took them off, but their feet kept getting really dirty and I didn't want that for myself. So I kept my heels on and I really am feeling the pain of that now. <laughs> like, Oh, that I need to like soak in the tub for a little bit. So, um, I don't, I, I avoided the hangover or like the sick feelings. Like I didn't drink that much, which is, you know, I'm in my thirties now, so we got to be responsible. Right. Uh, so for me, it's not as much like that sick feeling in my stomach, but I am feeling it so much in my feet from dancing. And it's just funny because where this is like coming up in the chart, um, you know, Chiron in the third house when we talk about the third house, one of the things we talk about is siblings. We talk about cousins as well as like neighborhood friends or childhood friends. Um, and so for me, this was like a very clear and literal, like I'm feeling the pain, like my feet are killing me from dancing, like with my siblings and with my cousins all night, but it was so worth it. It was so fun. Oh, it was so fun team. I, I would go back and redo the night again. It was awesome. Uh, most weddings are not as much fun as the one I went to last night. Anyways, the moon will square Mercury in Scorpio and Uranus in Taurus. So try and taste your words before you say them. Really consider being strategic with what you say and who you say it to in an effort to minimize 
poisoning perspectives. I'm going to say that again because I feel like that was kind of like a wordy sentence, but it was really thoughtful as I was writing it out. So I'm going to just say it again. Try and taste your words before you say them. Really consider being strategic with what you say and who you say it to in an effort to minimize poisoning perspectives. What was coming up for me when I saw this alignment and as I was thinking about, you know, how I would interpret it, what would I say about this? It made me think about how we all have our own reality because perception informs reality and we all see things specifically through our lens. This is like the lens of our ascendant, the lens of our natal chart. It's informed by our experiences and the way that we take in and process data from our external environment and from the words that people share with us. And if we're not careful to acknowledge that our perspective and our truth is not the universal truth, if you're going out and maybe you're gossiping or maybe you're um, talking about, you know, it could, I just thought of this. It could be like you just finished a book and you're really excited about it and you start talking about your reaction to it. But then the person you're talking to actually has not finished the book and you didn't know that they were reading it and now you spoiled it for them. But it could also come out in that you're gossiping or you're saying unsavory things about another individual and you're now coloring the way that person you're speaking to sees another person, even though that's not their truth and that's not their reality. And you could say, well, you know, it's your, you, you, you're supposed to though, like they're not seeing this person for who they are, or what they, you know, the truth of who they are. And I need to tell this other person because I'm protecting them in some way that could be true, right? That could be true. It could also just be that you're now letting your bad experience influence something that like, that, that's not the universal truth. Like you just had a bad moment with that individual and now you're making it hard for everyone else to see it clearly. So that's why I'm just saying, be really strategic with what you say and who you say it to and be really mindful of how the words are coming out, especially because with and when Uranus is involved, it might blow up into something bigger than you realized. It might cause more harm or more damage than what you thought. And you are responsible for the impact of what you say. Okay, so that's Sunday. On Monday, the moon will form a trine to the north node. Um, this is later on Sunday. So take note of any creative ideas or sorry, on Monday, take note of any creative ideas or problem solution thinking that seems to brighten a situation. Uh, you know, this is going to make it feel like, oh, okay, well, like this isn't so bad because I can just do it at this time. Or actually, this is fine because Th this will work out later or, you know, we can do this at another time. Uh, there will be a moment where there is some like creativity and again, like problem solution thinking or uh, pr problem solving orientation that seems to like you looked on the bright side. You can see the silver lining. There is still a path forward. Venus moves into the 28th degree of Virgo and forms an exact trine to Pluto in Capricorn. And shortly after this happens, the moon moves into Virgo and forms an opposition to Saturn in Pisces. And this could just feel like a lot of pressure. It could feel like demanding a deliverable or fulfilling an expectation. I say this often with 
Pluto. And I always reiterate it just because I had, I had a reel go viral recently and I have like a few hundred more people in my space. And so I don't know everyone's like relationship with the astrology. So I'm always going to level set. Pluto comes in and acts as an authority in our life. Pluto comes in and acts as um, an archetype, which makes us sensitive to power dynamics. Often, especially with Capricorn, the power resides in someone at the top or in a governing body at the top. And I've used an example of the board of directors or the CEO or the C-suite. It could also just be like your SVP or like, you know, think about an authority figure in your life who has power over you or over your experience at work. This is a bit of that demand. And especially as um, other relationships are impacted and brought in on this. And with the opposition to Saturn, again, it's just like this, this pressure that Saturn can apply. It's this intensity. And um, it kind of feels like go and make it make sense. So both the moon and Venus are kind of in these like difficult pressured situations. So it could be you and it could also be your coworkers. Collectively, Monday could just kind of feel like, oh my gosh, I just have to get this done. And why? Like, I'm not, it's Monday. I wasn't ready for it to be this intense at work. Like, you know, flirt with me first before this, right? Like saying to the week, like, take me out to dinner before you treat me this way. There's some um, explicit language I'm monitoring right now. But if you're familiar with the expression, then it's like, you know, buy me flowers first, honestly, Monday. Thank you. That was rough. And it's, and it's likely going to be rough for other people as well. And not rough because you're going to be suffering and you're going to be bad at your job, but just because you're going to be asked to go forward and to know the details, to understand the data, to recognize the stakeholders, to see the clear process, to be responsible to, or beholden to timelines and procedures. There's just a lot that needs to get done on Monday and there's pressure on you to get it done. On Tuesday, the moon is at nine degrees Virgo, forming a trine to Jupiter retrograde in Taurus at nine degrees. So that's a nine degree, nine degree. So this is why we're naming it today. It's very tight. It's like exact, right? This trine. And this could actually be a really productive start, although there could be some question if there are enough resources. Like, is there space for everybody or enough food for everyone? Are there there enough project licenses, right? Venus is still in an intense position with Pluto. And so there is still like a gravity to the situation. Venus trying Pluto could be more intensity and even attachment to a position of power or a seat of authority or fealty to a governing entity. This isn't necessarily a person, right? Like a monarch is more of like the sun and like Leo thing. Whereas Pluto and Capricorn, it seems a lot more akin to the concept of like Mm, like hell, like where there is a strong correlation to the devil, specifically in hell. Concepts of the underworld exist outside of theologies where the devil is portrayed as like a red demon with horns and a tail. But there is still this like concept of like the bigger space, right? Like the underworld, hell, like separate of the devil or Lucifer. Um, It's also making me think about big entities like corporate, capitalism, the patriarchy, the man, the government, big pharma, like you name it. Like those are the ones that come to mind immediately, but it's like anything that becomes so big, it becomes one massive, powerful body. And the thing to remember about this is that when we say things like corporate, and this is one that I'm sensitive to because it's in my branding, right? 
corporate is really big. And so when you say things like, oh, like the problem is with corporate, it's like, mm, that's that's really massive. It would do well to make it smaller. Look at the smaller pieces, parse it down a little bit, right? And this is again what Virgo is really, really good at. Okay, the challenges in corporate is a combination of management, um, like slow bureaucratic systems, uh, you know, overly compliant driven, like, you know, whatever, like I didn't spend time like thinking about it, but just the idea of like taking something smaller, right? You have this like big thing, like the patriarchy and then make it smaller, make it more digestible, make it more bite-sized. It's going to be easier to go in and to problem solve or to identify like where the sickness is coming from. And maybe there's multiple areas, but at least now you can identify that it is multiple areas and not this one massive entity that you're trying to attack or that you're trying to like, um, take down or commit to, right? That that's the other thing is like, if you're swearing fealty to it or you're choosing to be loyal to it, or you're getting really excited about it. Be mindful of the specific features that you're attached to and that you're excited about. Um, because as you continue experiencing the relationship with it, you might want to change the relationship. And um, this could sound like, I really like the company, but there's a specific thing that happens here that I cannot stand. And now I have a, an idea of where the specific thing is coming from. So can I change it? Who can change it? Who has power over this? And if it cannot be changed, then I need to leave. But at least I know what I like and what I don't like. Someone I asked, I put out on my Instagram, um, you know, what do you need to know about the astrology this week before we get into it? And I asked this question as kind of like a way of like how, what's the best way for me to frame some of the astrology? What are some questions I can help answer using the astrology? And one individual asked, they said, I've been looking to make a big change with work. Is this a good week to do it? The, I'm always going to preface this with like, I have to be really sensitive with how I answer questions like this because I don't know you. I don't know your life. I don't know your resources. So I could say, yeah, the astrology is saying like, this is a good time to make a change. But if you don't have, you know, if you're not prepared for the financial implications of that, or if you don't have like plan or strategy around it, then it wouldn't feel ethical of me to say, yeah, go out and do it this week. But here's what I will say. If you are someone who's looking to make a career change, you're ready to make a big change and you're wondering like, is this a good time to do it? I'll tell you that this is a good week to be having thoughts about it. This makes sense that this is a really good week to start considering again, what is your loyalty to the governing entity? What is your, what is your loyalty to the organization? What is your loyalty to your leader? What is your loyalty to the portfolio of work that you are responsible for? What is your loyalty to the customer base that you're serving? What is your relationship to the tools that you use or the processes that you do on a daily basis? What is your relationship to the money that you receive from this employer? Like these are again, like the big entities are like, I'm starting to identify like, what do I want? What don't I want? What are the specific things I like? But what are also the specific things that need to be changed when I make this change or as I I'm deciding on whether or not to make a big career change. And I've said this before in a previous podcast episode, the one I think it's titled like five mistakes you're making in your job search. And one of the ones that I outlined in that episode, and you can go back and listen to it for more detail, but I talked about how so many people leave a job 
without moving towards something. They're just so clear on what they don't like, but they're not very clear on what they do like. And this is how you start perpetuating cycles of dissatisfaction and discontent at work. And so Tuesday especially is a really good day to think about like, what is my loyalty? What is my relationship to this? What do I like? What specifically do I like? What specifically do I condemn? And do I not want to be with anymore? And again, there's a gravity to this. There's a weightiness to this. And there's a sobering quality to this. Um, and so it is thinking about like, what are my opportunities, right? Going back to like the moon and Virgo trine, Jupiter retrograde and Taurus. It is like, what are the opportunities? And so make sure that as you're making this decision in your career change, if this is the week to do it, the invitation is to get really clear and get really specific with the concept of like what I like, what I don't like, what I have power over and what I don't have power over. On Wednesday, the moon forms a trine to Uranus and Taurus at 21 degrees, and she'll be moving towards an opposition to Neptune and forming a trine with Pluto. So Venus enters Libra on this day and relationships are getting clarified and the group process of forming, norming, storming and performing are engaged. So this week already feels like a lot of activity in the fire and the earth signs and and having Venus move into Libra and the moon's going to go through there as well. It kind of adds like breath to the situation. Like if you think about just the density of fire and earth together, that creates like the magma, right? Or the lava. Like it's this really uh, dense and hot uh thing but when you add in some of the air it could lighten the situation a little bit but because fire is involved it could also just make the flame bigger instead of it all being um in like the core of the earth and kind of contained in that way it could kind of like open up some of it um so just something to be mindful of but again going back to the question of like is this a good week for a career change well uh you know when venus moves into the sign of libra this is going to be a big time where we start redefining the rules of our relationships again like this is the group process and if you're not familiar with this this is really really helpful i first learned this in some of my leadership development classes that i took in undergrad and then we used it quite a bit in my master's program when we were studying group counseling and ways to bring groups of people together to kind of engage in and go through the therapeutic process and now as a professional i use this in my day job, anytime that like a project, uh, you know, cro- I've worked in cross-functional teams. So anytime a project is getting launched and you bring a bunch of different players across a business to come together, then you have to go through or you have to consider the steps of forming a group um, or come bringing a group of people together. And that is forming, right? Who are the people that are being brought in? Venus and Libra, you're going to start maybe taking inventory, taking note of like, who are the people that I want to be working with? Who are the people that I want to be engaged with? Uh, You know, who are the people that I want in my space and in my corner? For me in the ninth house, it's like, who are the people that I want to learn from? Right? So you're going to start identifying and clarifying and forming the group. Who are the people? Norming it is when you start identifying and clarifying some of the rules. In my day job, as an example, we have multiple generations present on the team that I work in and we had to norm communication. We all shared what's our preferred way to communicate. Is it email? Is it teams? Is it text message? Um, is it face to face? We had to talk about the use of emojis and gifs. 
to make sure that we all understood what it meant, what's an acknowledgement, what's a celebration. And it can feel maybe at times like pedantic or, you know, too tedious, but it's so important to norm the group, especially with Libra. These are the rules, right? Here's what we commit to. But of course, once the rules are clearly defined, you now have opportunities for people to clearly break the rules, which is often where storming comes in and we experience conflict as a group. And conflict is really important, right? I've said this before, but conflict is what breeds innovation. And moving through conflict is such a necessary experience and a skill set to have. This is the interview question. Tell me about a time that you experienced conflict in the workplace. Conflict is inevitable, but how you move through conflict is really telling. And this is why norming is so important. And sometimes after storming, you go back into norming, right? But then at some point you move into performing, which is where you actually get in and you're doing the work. And so once Venus moves into Libra, we're just going to be really sensitive to kind of this process. And I hope that listing those out for you will start giving you language and a framework for understanding and identifying what Venus will be doing while she moves through her home sign of Libra, right? I don't think I want to say anything else. I feel like I feel like I'm good with that. Um, if you want me to talk a little bit more about the group process, specifically with Venus and Libra, that might be a fun like you know, uh, what do I call it? like my supplemental episodes? I guess the episodes that I release midweek as just some supplemental fun listening material for you. This is where my guest episodes are, my zodiac signs at work episodes are. Um, and so if you want, I can record an episode a little bit more about Venus and Libra, the rules of groups and specifically moving through the group process. Okay. Let's talk about Thursday. On Thursday, the moon will join Venus. Um, you know, on the first degree of Libra. So there's like a cute moment between the moon and Venus um, where they're kind of same place, same time, same goals, and they get to be supportive to one another. And when that happens, uh, Mercury is at 29 degrees Scorpio, forming a tight sextile to Pluto. So like on one hand, the moon is giving Venus, who again, who is now in her home territory of Libra, like a little bit of a boost. And I say a little bit because the moon is in the balsamic phase at this point, which is when the moon is barely visible. There's only a sliver of light showing. So aesthetically speaking, this is going to be really lovely to look at. Um, you know, it's that gorgeous kind of crescent shape with the bright ass Venus glowing right next to the moon. When the moon joins Venus, then what feels good emotionally will also look good. It's making me think of like, classically beautiful or classically romantic. I've taught this before with Libra again. It's beautiful because it follows the inherent design principles. Go back and listen to my Libra at work episode because I, I spend a lot of time there talking specifically about Libra, how it shows up in the workplace, as well as which of the 34 signature themes from the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, which is you know, out of the Gallup organization, which one of those I think is an expression of some of the best qualities of Libra, right? So go back and listen to that episode, but it's following the rules of design and everyone kind of follows the same rules. It's, you know, the Fibonacci sequence or, um, I don't remember the other one now, but like why a lot of screens are rectangular as opposed to square, right? There are just some universal design principles that everyone agrees just like looks better. And that's what makes it classically 
ascetic, right? Classically beautiful or classically romantic. So it's a nice way to start the day, especially because with Mercury forming a sextile to Pluto, words carry a lot of gravity and it's a situation where you want people to play nice. Again, it's easier to engage in conflict when you have the rules figured out and when you have psychological safety established and Mercury at the 29th degree of Scorpio, you know, this is like the anoretic degree. This is like the space in the Deccan of Scorpio where by the time the planet gets to the 29th degree, they've experienced some level of mastery. This is the end of the fool's journey. This is the moment where like we've seen some things and we've come out on top. We've come out victorious. We've kind of mastered to the best of our ability, the consciousness of Scorpio before we move into the next iteration. And so for me, one of the most masterful applications of Scorpio energy is psychological safety. It's a willingness to discuss the difficult, the thing which is taboo, the thing which is scary, um, to be able to do that confidently and strategically without damaging or harming critical relationships. So Thursday is a good day to clarify things, to again, bring groups together to continue the norming and the storming process and to establish psychological safety. On Friday, Mercury enters Sagittarius and the moon is conjunct the south node. So what do we say when the moon joins the south node? All my Elsa's out there. We let it go. <laughs> let it go. Mercury is into Sagittarius, which is bright and optimistic. It's big picture thinking. It's over the top. It's inspirational, aspirational, motivational, and it's really exciting to finally have some optimism. It could feel lighter, especially if you accept the invitation of the South Node, which is to let it go. But what, my dears, what are you letting go of? Well, let's look at it by rising sign. Again, I polled my audience on Instagram the last time I checked the poll. Anyways, the fixed rising signs were ahead. So let's talk about each of the fixed rising signs specifically while the South Node is in Libra. What are you letting go of? For my Taurus risings out there, you have Libra in your sixth whole sign house. So some of what you're letting go of could be work. It could be your actual like day job. It could be letting go of a portfolio of work that you've been managing. It could also be letting go of habits or health routines, which are not serving you anymore. Um, it could be letting go, for example, of what you thought to be the right thing to do. So for anyone that does like dieting, if you thought that keto was the way to go, then maybe you're releasing some of the rigidity of the interpretation of that diet and you're finding something a bit more holistic or you're finding something that maybe has like less rigid rules or maybe you're looking for something which has clearer rules to follow. Um, you could be bringing in partners into that space. You know, you could be like... um letting go of trying to do it yourself and actually like investing in a trainer or vice versa. You could be taking on more autonomy with that and letting go of a, a previous coach or partner that you have been working with. But the sixth house is very much to do with your work, your daily tasks, your routines, and your health that's impacted as a result of that labor. You might also, you, so some of you out there might also be terminating people at this point in time because in the sixth house, you also see direct reports, right? Or, or individuals or beings that work subservient to you. And I say beings because pets 
can fall in the sixth house, creatures that we've domesticated. And so also perhaps letting go of pets, letting go of employees, letting go of whatever, for whatever reason in the sixth house. Leo risings. Libra is in your third whole sign house, which is, like I said earlier, a place for siblings, a place for neighbors, a place for cousins, aunts, and uncles. But it's also quick communications, short distance travel, immediate communities. Um, again, I think of like elementary education or like the building blocks of knowledge and language. And so some things that you might find yourself letting go of is maybe like old frameworks of thinking that need to be let go of so you can evolve. A really clear example of this is like in grade school, we learn whole numbers and maybe we start getting into like fractions or decimals. But by the time you move into like higher levels of math, you get into like imaginary numbers and letters being in equations and stuff like that. So it's kind of like moving beyond those building blocks. It could also be like deleting social media apps right? It could be deleting like um, contacts in your phone. It could be deciding that you're not going to see childhood friends anymore, that you've outgrown them. They don't fit the paradigm of who you are now and who you're trying to become. It could be putting up more clear boundaries with your siblings or with your neighbors. Yeah. It's a relationship house. And so it's going to involve the people around you. Scorpio risings. This is going to be in your 12th whole sign house. And the 12th whole sign house is a space for like chronic illness. It's a space for mental health, addiction, as well as spirituality and kind of like the alone time that we need to find ourselves in meditative, healing, and restorative spaces. It could be letting go of beliefs or thought patterns that have been holding you back. Um, and harming the way that you see the world. It could be letting go of maybe belief systems which have been exclusionary or felt like maybe the right thing that you were supposed to do, but don't actually align with your authentic beliefs and therefore keep you isolated from individuals in that core group of people. Like I'm around you, but I don't actually fit in with you experiences. Aquarius risings. This is happening in our ninth whole sign house. Something that I spoke before in a newsletter was the concept of like my credentials. When do I let go of like worrying about recertifying my credentials? Which ones are the most important ones for me to keep? What are things that I maybe learned in higher education that aren't serving me with where I'm at right now? What else do I need to learn? What do I need to invite right into that space? It could also be letting go of teachers, mentors, and possibilities of long distance travel, which I'm an Aquarius raising kind of bums me out because a lot of my friends have been going like to other countries and traveling. And I feel that like desire to do so as well, but you know, we'll see, um, what that looks like. It's not that it's off the table entirely, but you're letting go of something in that space. All right, let's talk about Saturday. Saturday, the moon begins with a square to Pluto and both Mars and the sun are in opposition to Uranus and, sorry, just to Uranus in Taurus. The big players, the loud players. They aren't exact by a degree, but are within a three degree orb. And again, for my newbies out there, people who are unfamiliar with that language, what we're saying is that 
even though they're not exactly at, you know, uh, 20 and 20 or 21 and 21, it's still close enough. They're within three degrees of each other. And we pay attention to how close they are because that's, again, when it becomes exact. The expression becomes very clear and it's very tight. So Uranus is at 21 degrees. Uh, Mars will move forward into an exact opposition with Uranus. The sun at 18 degrees is close enough to 21 that we're really feeling it, right? It's a really tight alignment. And by this, we mean it's influential, it's observable or measurable in some way. The moon will enter Scorpio around noon Mountain Standard Time. And when that happens, Mars, that's when Mars will be exactly opposite Uranus is once moon enters into Scorpio. And again, we're in the dark moon phase. This is like... There is not light. The new moon is not exact yet, but she's in that space. So this aspect can create a clash, right? That's the opposition. And it's between your desire for control, which is that Mars and Scorpio, right? And the need for stability and consistency, which hasn't really been happening anyways, because Uranus has been coming into the Taurian area of our life where we want things to be stable and consistent and has been disrupting it, right? It's been... It's, it's been making it feel like we just can't get our arms around it. We just can't get our feet underneath us. We just can't get all the pieces to line up. But with Mars and Scorpio, there's the desire to control it, the desire to influence it. It can bring a strong urge to break free of the limitations or the routines that have felt like really confining for you. So going back again, someone asked the question, is this a good week to make a career change? I don't know. You have to look at your personal life and identify if you're prepared to make a transition. I like using Schlossberg's, Nancy Schlossberg's um, transition theory for supporting adults through transition. You want to check in with like those, the four S's and you can go Google that theory or I can again, break it down in another episode if you want to. You want to look at those four S's and say, am I ready for transition? Do these pillars, uh, are they prepared for me? But you'll be really, really desiring it. You're, you're going to feel emotionally like ready to just get out of this situation because you're desiring that freedom. You want to be in a place where you feel more influence, you feel more control. And so this could give you that, that courageousness and that motivation to start making necessary changes in your life, potentially and especially regarding finances and resources. All right. I mentioned that conflict is what breeds innovation. Well, an opposition is really intense conflict. So this could be a time to be really innovative. If it's like, I, I don't feel like I can leave this job because finances aren't in the right spot. Well, what else can you do to supplement your finances through this transition as you're figuring it out? You could get really creative because of this conflict, right? But there is the risk of conflict and especially unpredict unpredictability, so just be really mindful of your actions. Try to avoid any unnecessary confrontations or impulsive decision-making on Saturday. I'm hosting Bunko at my house on Saturday. So I'll probably be like posting pictures of like how I'm hosting all of my guests like in my home. Um, so uh, I'm thinking like we might get like really, really competitive. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But I did use the astrology as inspiration for the prizes that individuals can win as a result of playing Bunko at my house. And it has a lot to do with things which are necessary or critical if you're in a situation where resources are scarce. So if you want to see how I interpreted that into my prizes, 
make sure you're connected with me on Instagram. I'll be sharing that there. Again, Instagram is where you get a vote if you want your rising sign featured and you get a little bit of a more personalized horoscope or interpretation of one of the major transits or alignments of the week. Um, and team, I'm actually probably going to be pretty quiet this week on social media candidly because my team is having our offsite and I'm going to have obligations where I am present in meetings basically all week. There's not going to be downtime where I'm just kind of like sitting at my computer, like having some quiet time. And I did not take time to schedule posts ahead of time. So I might be kind of quiet on social media. Um, that's all right. Go back and listen to my previous podcast episodes. If you miss me too much or if you want some more content, otherwise, again, go sign up for my newsletter. Let's get ready for the group ritual we'll be doing together. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. Before we wrap up this mystical journey, I would invite you to share your feedback on the episode and leave a rating for the Corporate Coven podcast. If you found value in this content, share it with another witch at work. With over 100 episodes, there is a lot more cosmic career advice to be explored. Until next time, may your ventures be guided by the stars and may you remember that you hold the power to manifest the extraordinary. I'll see you in the next episode.